The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to the show. And the first preseason game is in the books for 2015. That and more here on show 440. Well, before I get into the show, let me just say this. Our condolences go out to the Gifford family. Frank Gifford, Howard Cosell. For me, those were voices I remember in my childhood, knowing, learning, and becoming a football fan altogether. Uh, they, they, they might have had different teams, but those voices were the ones I heard through the living room television. Those are the voices that brought me some of the best games I have ever seen in my life thus far. So I just want to say thank you uh, to the Gifford family for sharing him with us for this whole time. Because Raider fan or not, he brought a lot of football to the Raider Nation. And that is all I have to say about that. Raider Nation, on today's show, we will have Tim Brown has his time in the sun. Al Davis beams down as Timmy reads off his litany of accomplishments in the NFL. I loved it. Gonna check on that. The silence of the lambs. The Raiders silenced the lambs to a surprise for me, actually. Uh, a, a brutal defense that they have. We're gonna hit on that too. What a game. Amazing. And going, going, gone. We're going to hit on the Raiders moving to Los Angeles. we got to get over the pain and move on to the train or however else we're going to get down there to see a football game. <laughs> I love it. That and the bone line will wrap up the show. Let's go. And finally, a deserving Tim Brown of the Oakland Raiders makes his bust clean and plain right there in Canton, Ohio. That's right, Timmy Brown in the Hall of Fame. Well-deserved. 16 seasons with the silver and black. One, of course, with Tampa Bay. Yeah. <laughs> his 17th year career was filled with ups and downs like nobody else in the league. 1,070 receptions and 105 touchdowns just barely scratches the surface on Tim Brown's accomplishments for the Raiders. Attributing a lot of his success in his later part of his career to Chucky, of course, who realized Tim Brown was not, not even close to being done in this league and brought his talents to full light in that glorious run to the Super Bowl that, of course, we know we lost. But Tim Brown in the Hall of Fame, let's listen to what he's got to say. You have to start with the fact that he could always catch the ball. It didn't matter who was throwing the ball. It didn't really matter where they threw it. He was absolutely confident in his ability to catch the ball. Tim Brown, he's in the clear. Touchdown, Los Angeles Raiders. He was quick. He could run patterns. When he got the ball, he could cut without stopping, which made him incredible. 
Those abilities were on display from the moment Tim Brown stepped onto an NFL field. His rookie record for most combined yards still stands, but his game-changing impact went beyond simply stats. He could take a simple punt and get 30 yards out of it. He could take a simple punt and return it all the way for a touchdown. A 56-yard return by Mr. Everything, Timothy Brown. He wasn't always looking to take it to the house, uh, but if he could get 15 yards when he caught the punt, then it put his team in a better position. Tim Brown with a spectacular move to the open field. He talked about at one point that he had the ability to see the whole field and see what was going on. So you have to include the vision as well. So if you, if you team up his, his pass catching ability, his speed, his ability to cut, and the fact that he could see the whole field, I think made him an incredible receiver. On December 2nd, 2002, his greatness as a receiver culminated in a legendary milestone. That's a thousand catches for Tim Brown. It was an incredible family moment. Tim is a family man, and everything he has done is to celebrate family. And for us to be able to celebrate it in that manner was, was an incredible, incredible day. His was a career of many incredible days. 17 NFL seasons, nine Pro Bowls, ranking in the all-time top 10 in catches, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. What makes Tim a Hall of Famer is the fact that he has demonstrated absolute consistency down through the years. He has been a producer. He was someone that his team relied on, and he was someone that the other team knew that in order for them to win that game, they had to find a way to stop Tim Brown. Into the corner of the end zone for Tim Brown. Touchdown, Raiders! I am honored to present my brother, Tim Brown, for enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I know we may be outnumbered, but I need to hear Raiders, Raiders, Raiders. Man, that's what I'm talking about. This is uh, an honor you just can't even uh, think about. I mean, you, you play great football, but you don't ever look at yourself as being somebody who could be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's been a lot of work, but it's been incredible work, and I, I can't wait to enjoy this for the rest of my life. You know, my story may be implausible to some and may be improbable, simply because things happened in my life that without those things happening at the exact time, this wouldn't, this wouldn't have happened. And I can tell you, without the great Lou Holtz, I would not have won the Heisman Trophy. I would not have been a first-round pick in the NFL. I probably would have got drafted, but I would have just been a guy. I mean, the things that he instilled in me made me a better man. And Coach Holtz, I love you. Just want to say thank you. And God knows, uh, whatever I can do for you, you know I'm there for you. But my really, really the reason why I'm here now and standing uh, on the precipice of, of going into the NFL, NFL Hall of Fame is because of another coach. The silver and black like to call him Chucky. I call him Brewdog. When John came to the, to the Raiders, I was going into my 11th year. And the four years I had with him 
were just incredible years, not just because of the numbers, but because of the games we were playing and, and the importance of the games. And so it put me out there in a totally different, uh, on a totally different level. So John, I know you were supposed to be here. I hope you're here, man. God bless you. I love you, man. And thank you for everything that you've done. So I didn't know anything about Fred Belitnikov, but I knew he was a great player and all that. So the first practice that we have, you know, I ran the wrong route, dropped the ball or something, and Fred must have cursed me like no man has ever cursed me before. So I practiced the rest of the day with a little tear in my eye. And after practice, I went to Fred and said, Freddie, we're not going to make it like that. Uh, I need for you to talk to me a little differently. So, so we worked that thing out, and for 15 years, we had an incredible relationship. His lovely wife, An uh, uh, Angela, is here, and, and Dasha, uh, their daughter. Thank you, Freddie. Love you, man. Now, I don't know if there's ever been a wide receiver to make it into the Hall of Fame who's had 20 quarterbacks in their time. Now, I caught a ball from 19 of these guys, and I'll let you guys figure out which one I didn't catch a ball for. I'm not going to tell you guys that. But here they are, Steve Berline, Jay Schrader, Todd Marinovich, Vince Evans, Jeff Hosteller, Billy Joe Hobart, David Klingler, Jeff George, Donald Hollis, Wade Wilson, Rich Gannon, thank you for number 1,000, Rich. I love you, brother. Bobby Hoying, Rick Meyer, Marcus Tuiasasopo, Rodney Pete, Rob Johnson, Brian Greasy, Brad Johnson, caught my 100 touchdown from him, thank you very much, and Chris Sims. So that's the list, guys. Marcus Allen is one of the guys that I admire most in this game. And to watch him, to watch him do what, what he did and, and what he had to go through uh, throughout the five years that I was with the Raiders with him and how he kept being the team, the, the team leader and the inspirational leader of the team, no matter if he was playing on third down, fourth down, or not playing at all, running, playing fullback for Bo Jackson, for Roger Craig, or for whoever, he did whatever it took. And when he left, I wanted to embody uh, what he did. And Marcus, I just want to say thank you, brother. I love you so much. Appreciate you. To my incredible mother, um, she's had more TV time than me this year, but that's okay. I don't think it could have happened to a nicer, a nicer person. You know, what do you say about somebody who has done everything that they could possibly do to make you the man that you want to be and to, and certainly make sure that you're the godly man that you want to be? And her wisdom, you know, um, the godly example that she has shown has just been absolutely incredible. And I just want you to know, Mom, that I love you so much. And I have to tell you guys a story because this, I believe, changed my life. I win the Heisman Trophy and I, I play um, my rookie year and I make the Pro Bowl. I come home and there's a big banner outside that says, Welcome home, Heisman Trophy winner, Tim Brown. Uh, Heisman Trophy winner, Pro Bowler, Tim Brown. And she said, hey, you see the sign? I said, yeah. She said, you know why the sign is here outside? I said, no. She said, because all this is going to stay outside my house. And when you come inside my house, you're not going to be this person. You're going to be, you're going to be Timmy. And for the rest of my, you know, career, that's who I was. I was Timmy. I'm trying to wrap up, guys. One more person, then I'm going to be gone. 
You know, I, I had something I believe was miraculous happen to me just today. Uh, I lost my dad back in 2011, and uh, I was over at the autograph signing today, and um, I was signing, and this, this kid came out of nowhere. He wasn't in line, he just came from the side, and he handed me a picture. And when I flipped it over, it was a picture of me, my mom, and my dad at the Heisman Trophy ceremony. It's a picture that I had never seen before. And to me, that was just a sign to, to let me know that my dad was here with me tonight. So for all y'all waiting for me to cry, I already got my cry out. I had me a couple minutes in the room. Uh, it was an incredible moment, and my dad was an incredible man. The consistency, the hard work, and the discipline that everybody talk about with me, I got it from him. And Dad, you know I love you, and thank you so much. God bless you guys. Thank you very much. The NFL Hall of Fame has a lot of players in it and a lot of Oakland Raiders Congratulations, Timmy Brown. Well-deserved, brother. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Raider Nation! Let's go! Let's go! Raider Nation! Let's go! Let's go! Raider Nation! Are you ready for some football? Raider Nation! And the Raiders' first preseason contest against the Rams. And guess what? The Raiders silenced the Lambs. I love it. What a surprise. Yes, it's only preseason. And yes, not everybody plays as hard as they could. And there's a lot of variables in preseason, of course. No one wants to get hurt. We've been down this road before. Are they meaningless? Do they mean something? Well, they've always meant something to me. Let me describe to you the scene there in Oakland. The parking lot was packed. It was a preseason game. I'm used to seeing nobody there. And trust me, the Raider Nation, it was there big time. It looked like a full regular season game. It was amazing how many fans showed up. I was proud to be a Raider fan. Uh, we packed the house, brother. Trust me. Parking lot was rocking. Overall, I like the play mostly of our offensive defensive line. They played very well with no penalties. I mean, that's a big thing for me and, well, all of us, really. The lack of penalties and discipline on this team in this game was amazing. I have to say, I was fully surprised. The way they threw the ball, the plays were crisp. There was not a lot of buffoonery like we've seen in the past. I mean, Derek Carr, I mean, listen to what he has to say. He had a great game. One thing we wanted to do is come out and just be efficient. Yeah, we, I thought we were, except for, uh, you know, the red zone turnover. Um, I thought we were very efficient. I thought we moved the ball well. Uh, I thought we run, ran the ball extremely well. I thought we uh, protected very well. Um, you know, so we're going in the right direction. What can you say about Cooper's debut? Oh, it was awesome. You know, I knew I wanted to get him some touches. You know, I knew I, knew I wanted to get him some. 
uh, I want to get him as, as many as we can in the preseason. You know, that way he just gets the feel for it and all those things. But he's such a professional, he doesn't even need them. You know, uh, I know he wants them, uh, but he doesn't need them. But uh, I thought he looked very well. Uh, I thought he played well um, mentally. He, he's sharp. Uh, you know, we, me and him have the, had the miscommunication down in the red zone, uh, which is we're very happy to have him now. You know, and not in the regular season, of course. But that's what the preseason's for. You know, but uh, we'll go back and clean that up. Make sure for years to come, we'll fix that up. What was supposed to happen on that play? Uh, well, you know, without giving too much away, we were just on the different pages, and uh, you know, uh, we'll get that cleaned up. Um, I'll make sure I, I got to do my part and fix that. Um, you know, when we get down there, any ba anything bad that happens, you put it on me. You know, so uh, I, I'll make sure I clean that up and do better next time. What's coach's demeanor like during the game? You know, during practice, you've seen him for a couple of weeks, but during the game, yes, what's he like? The same. It's awesome. You know, he is the he's the same. It, it, you know, you could tell that he's done this before. You know, he just goes out there and uh, he, he's saying the same stuff during the games as he does in practice. And uh, you know, uh, it's really cool to play for. Him. I think the the feedback and the communication on the sideline is awesome between all the coaches. Um, you know that that goes unnoticed, but that is something that was really clutch today. If you had to give us one takeaway from the game, what would it be? Uh, we're heading the right way. You know, we're going the right way. Uh, is there stuff to clean up? Just like every game, yes. But uh, I'd say that we're heading in the right direction. All the hard work is paying off, but uh, we got to continue to grind. We can't just think one preseason game means everything. You know, it, it's a good start, uh, but we have a long way to go. They're a four straight win at home, though, going back to last year. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, it, it's important uh, to us to win here. Uh, you know, and that's not saying it's not important on the road because it's just as important. But uh, when you get that home home field advantage, you know, that uh, like you know, everyone says, that 12th man on your side, uh, you got to take advantage of it. And, uh, you know, I, I know our defense loves it. Uh, you know, I know we get excited when we make a play and hear them. Uh, it, it's a lot better than it being silent, that's for sure. There's one thing I noticed, it just seemed like you guys were just so calm out there. I don't know. You yeah. felt that, but did, yeah, was that the sense out there? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I will say the second time around is a lot, a lot nicer than the rookie year. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, the game slows down. Uh, it does. Charles, you know, has said that to me so many times. He said, "Just wait, man. After those 16 games, you start uh, for your first time, and then you come back the next year. Uh, the game slows down, and it really does. Um, you know, and so uh, I really noticed it today. I've, I've been noticing it in practice, but until you get in a game situation, you don't really know. And uh, you know, he hit it on the head." It does, um, but I, you just see a confidence in our players. Not an arrogance or anything like that, but a confidence. Uh, the coaches have instilled in us, and we believe in each other. Yeah, Del Real kept mentioning how clean it was. There weren't big mistakes. There weren't little mistakes. Did, That's right. Did you feel that as it was going on that you guys were kind of in line with in focus or whatever you might call that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we... For the most part, you know, obviously not everything, but for the most part, uh, we looked the way we wanted to look. Um, now, there's obviously things we want to clean up and that we need to clean up. Uh, but for the most part, you know, I felt that we went out there, played confident, played with great effort, uh, played physical. Um, and, and as long as we continue to do those, we'll go in the right way. I mean, it just looked very crisp, and it it was amazing. For our first game, I expected a lot more buffoonery and didn't get it. Clive Walford shows exactly why they picked him up. He's a big, lumbering guy. Reminds me of the Gronk. I mean, it makes me sick to say it, but I hope he's better, and it looks like he might be. He's a big guy, hard to bring down. Ponder played well. McGloin played well. DJ Hayden had a really good game. Cooper, our new toy, looked fabulous in the three catches that he had. Bryce Butler continues to move forward from his last season. 
And I do believe our entire team, offensively and defensively, has improved an amazing amount in one season. Coaching, uh, Musgrave played, called some great plays. Uh, Ken Norton Jr., we had some hiccups in the defense. Now the third and longs, uh, we got stuck with way too many of those uh, letting the other team, the Rams, make those up. I mean, like third and 14, and they get the first down. We can't have that. Uh, we're having some little bit of issues with our defensive backs. I'm not sure if the linebackers are figuring it out right now. We'll get it back. C.O. Moore's not on the field, uh, and it's the first preseason game. I expect improvement in the secondary, but we really have to, we have to really get those teams off the field when you have third down and 10, third and eight. We have to, we have to make them suck that ball up and that or a turnover. We got three sacks in this game, which is very, very nice to see. Our defense is active. I'm just worried about our secondary and that soft side in the middle that we've had trouble with for so very long. Hope they can sew that up before the beginning of the season. All in all, I thought it was a great contest. Uh, the head coach, he was happy. Listen to what he had to say. All right, we were all excited to get started. It was uh, it was nice to get that uh, that opportunity to play in front of our our crowd, our fans, and uh, it was nice to nice to play well. You know, we we knew coming in it's just a start. Uh, we knew there'd be things to correct, but uh, really proud of you know the crisp play. I thought we were physical in the trenches. And uh, those are those are good things for our football team. weren't weren't penalized a lot. Uh, didn't didn't do things to beat ourselves. And, uh, and overall, proud of the effort. I thought we got good pressure. I think we had three sacks on the night. Uh, we had we had good pressure on the quarterback. I don't think he was sitting back there comfortable patting the ball. Uh, so I thought that was I thought that was good. And I, you know, I have to see the tape specifically for each guy, but. You know, a couple of guys flashed. You know, Shelby seemed to be very active tonight, and uh, you know he was definitely a guy that stood out. Those are the things we're striving to do: is, is you know give ourselves a chance, make sure that uh, we eliminate you know pre-snap errors. Let's let's be sound in what we're doing. Uh, let's make people come through us physically, and um, and let's be you know conditioned to handle that. And so I, I think you know it was a good beginning for us. I do think that you know we've got a good line. I think they're doing a nice job at working hard at being a, a cohesive unit. And that's you know the biggest thing about having a line. You have five individuals and they need to come together and play as one and surge together and you know be able to communicate and com- make the combination blocks you know come to life. And uh, you know, I saw good signs of that. I thought the quarterback play was pretty solid tonight. And I think Todd Downey's done a nice job working that group. You know, and Bill Musgrave and the way they've installed things and, and worked those guys. So they're, they're all improving players. As coaches, there's so much we're going to go back and, you know, agonize over how we're going to make this better. But uh, it was an excellent night. It was a clean night. Um, we came out relatively healthy and, um, you know, got some good work. So, you know, all in all, I was pleased with the effort. You know, I know uh, Hayden was a early pick here so there's a lot of scrutiny on him I thought you know he made a really big play early in the game on a, on a key third down stop you know and um, so I, I would mention that um, I thought 88 made a couple nice catches you know in traffic uh, you know Clive uh, I thought Bryce had a big night you know Bryce Bryce did some good things Bryce Butler so those are a couple of guys that stood out that we haven't talked about yet 
a proud Bay Area guy. Uh, so it's a pleasure and a treat to be back. It's an honor to be back here. And um, But I really, uh, honestly, was only grinding, you know, thinking about what the details of what needed to be done. I have a long list. I took a lot of notes, you know, from the beginning of pregame through, you know, through the end of the game. There's a lot that needs to be corrected, and we'll work on it. So we left some things out there. There's some things we'll do better. But I, I think, you know, we showed what we've done really throughout camp. I think, you know, the line uh, is working hard. They're going to give us a chance, and I think we have some backs with talent. I know it's preseason. I know it's just early. But I really have a good feeling about this team. I think everyone in the stadium did. Uh, we'll see what happens as we go forward. But so far, so good. I'm liking the way the coaching staff is working with these players. I think the, the players themselves are reacting to this staff. You could see on the field uh, the way things were going on. I really like the tempo. I really like there's a couple of hurry-ups. I, I, I'm going to reserve my opinion, but I, as far as I can see right now, we have definitely stepped it up a bunch on this single game alone. We'll see what happens as we move forward. Uh, that is all I have to say about that. Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I go now? Well, as we all may or may not believe, most of us do by now, our Oakland Raiders are going to move to Los Angeles. I have a very strong feeling about this, and you guys know it. Now, I've, I've told you how bummed I am, and, and that's actually why I haven't done a show. I've been pretty damn bummed. It's, it's brutal. Think about all the seasons that me and my family and my kids, friends, uh, colleagues, uh, co-workers, everybody has been going to these games, the Oakland Coliseum. It has been an epic run, but I believe it's over, and I have to just get over that. Jason, let's talk uh, stadium talk. Question number 5,754. Uh, I saw you covering it, um, uh, tweeting some things out about whether or not it's going to be the Vikings or the Chargers or the Raiders. What new has developed, and how do you ultimately see this playing out? Well, they had uh, presentations that were done by San Diego and St. Louis today in front of the NFL LA Relocation Subcommittee. It's six owners, including John Mara and Art Rooney, I think Bob Kraft and um, Bob McNair are on there. So there's six six owners who were on that panel, and so they heard the financing plans that St. Louis and San Diego have put together. I guess San Diego has got some pretty serious holes. St. Louis is pretty far along um, in terms of getting something done. Oakland did not present at all um, because evidently they're not negotiating with the Raiders at all to get anything done. So that's fairly telling. Uh, at the end of the day, I think I mean, it's really hard to, to handicap this horse race. I mean, the Rams are in the strongest position because obviously Stan Kroenke has the money. And so he can build this himself, do whatever he wants himself. He has the land. They're almost got it shovel ready for a stadium. They have already been clearing space to do some of the other development that's going to go on that acreage. 
So, you know, he's pretty far along. The Raiders and the Chargers are not quite as far along. But work, but what works to the Raiders and Chargers' advantage is they have the two worst stadiums and the cities that are least willing to help them get new stadiums. So there's a number of people on that group of owners and a number of owners around the league who say, look, we got to fix the California problem first and take care of, try and find a way to take care of the Chargers and the Raiders, or at least one of them. So at the end of the day, it's going to be two teams, and I think the Chargers are definitely going to be one. And it's either they're going to be sharing a stadium with the Rams in Inglewood, or they're going to be sharing a stadium with the Raiders in Carson. One of those, one of those two things is going to happen, I think. Wow. Jason Cole from Bleacher Report, Stanford grad, joins us here, 95.7 The Game. Yeah, so San Diego did their presentation, then right after that the Chargers come out and they just poo-poo it and talk about how terrible it is. If you're going to have the Chargers and the Raiders, is it the Chargers who are going to be doing the heavy lifting and then it's just the Raiders going to be following them from behind? Well, the Raiders are piggybacking on whoever they're going to – whether they end up there with the Chargers or somehow end up there with the Rams – they're piggybacking. I mean, because Mark Davis can't go to Los Angeles and do the raise the capital by himself. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't have his own capital to back the project, and I don't think he could get a partnership with Goldman Sachs like he has with the Chargers um, to get the Carson project done. So, I, I think the Raiders are yeah they're they're piggybacking on one of those two teams no matter what if if they can get down there. Now again, there's a possibility that. If the Rams end up sharing with the Chargers, that um, you know the Raiders get left out in the cold, I think that's that's a distinct possibility in here. But uh, Mark Davis has to work something out. And and I will say this: if you end up with two teams in Los Angeles, which is what the NFL currently wants to do, and there are some scenarios in which it could be just one team, but if there are two teams in Los Angeles, there will be no team in San Diego. So the Chargers basically are in a position where they have to move and they have to be one of those two teams. And I think they're going to end up, I mean, they're going to make sure that that happens one way or the other, because there's no way you can operate in San Diego with two teams in Los Angeles. Jason, always good stuff. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care guys. Thanks. Uh, like I said in my intro, that we're going to have to start taking a train. Hopefully they have that damn train going pretty soon. <laughs> we can take the bullet train or a plane or whatever, drive down in a van like my buddy Harvey used to, and make the turnaround with his buddies. It's not impossible. It's just the way it is. It's better for the Raiders. Uh, let's talk to uh, a friend of ours, Andy Dolich. We want to talk about the Raiders uh, situation, L.A. situation, a bunch of stuff. I kind of look at the... Uh the comment of the great Winston Churchill. This is a riddle wrapped in an enigma shrouded <laughs> in a mystery. Of course. <laughs> One of the comments coming out of the NFL meetings in uh, Chicago yesterday, Eric Rubin says, Oakland has nothing on the table. Mm-hmm. The Oakland negotiator says, we're just about to hand our proposal to the Raiders. Floyd Kephart, uh, the developer of Coliseum City, says, I can't really tell you who my money is. I haven't negotiated anything with the Raiders or the A's, but I'm really excited about the future of Coliseum City, and I have a clock ticking on August the 31st. The Rams are moving to a new stadium in Inglewood, California. The the Chargers are negotiating really hard and pushing the city of San Diego 
to build a new stadium downtown. And they've said a million times, maybe an overstatement, but many times to the city, sorry, not a good enough deal, but they already have 250 million bucks on the table from the city, which is far and away the most money in any California stadium that a municipality is willing to pay, meaning that their negotiating strategy of saying we're moving to Carson with our new best buddies, the silver and black, is working for them. So if there's anyone who can tell you guys exactly how this is going to come out, I'd love to meet that person. Uh, super genius Andy Dulwich is joining us at Cofish. Make sure that you follow him on uh, Twitter. Uh, and just knowing what you know, and I'm not holding you anything, but just knowing what you know now, what do you think the NFL would prefer to happen? With the three teams. I, I believe that, and there's a number of things that the NFL has wanted to happen that clearly haven't happened. I think I have some insight during my time with the 49ers that the league wanted the Raiders to share Levi's. And if you look at the massive success of the Jets and the Giants sharing in New York, and they exactly weren't a mutual admiration society. Mm-hmm but they've made it work. So the league is clearly going to L.A. in some form or fashion. Do they want a two-team solution in a stadium? Absolutely. Do I see two new football stadiums built in the L.A. basin to house three teams? No, I don't. Um, I do believe, and it's just me, that the Chargers are going to play in a new football stadium in San Diego and that the Rams are and Stan Kroenke have made great progress in Inglewood, and that stadium is going to be built. And the Raiders have clearly said we don't have the money to build in Oakland. Mayor Libby Schaff has been very direct and consistent. We don't have public money to support what might be a billion-dollar stadium, which would mean $2 billion stadiums separated by, what, 41 miles between Santa Clara and 66th Avenue. And you factor in the A situation of a new baseball stadium. I think that the Raiders could be that secondary tenant in Inglewood. Now, the Carson situation, I guess, could happen. St. Louis is talking about building a new stadium. I don't know where the Raiders are going because they aren't necessarily controlling their own destiny. They don't have the financial resources. The scenario in Oakland, of which I think massive time has been wasted with Floyd Kephart, if you want to keep a team home, then the elected officials should be dealing directly with the team ownership. And considering the fact that the Raiders have no real clout, not the financial wherewithal to do their own thing, are they basically in a position where they're just waiting to be told what to do, whether it's share Carson, share Inglewood, or stay in your broken-down Coliseum? I don't think they're controlling the chessboard dibs. And what I've referred to is Oakland is playing checkers while a lot of other entities, the NFL, other teams and other cities are playing three-dimensional chess. If this was easy, it already would have been done. And now that you have so many different levels of confusion, of opportunity, of hundreds of millions or billions of dollars 
Um, and the Raiders, I don't think, are at the front of the pack here. I do think it's going to be whatever the most intelligent strategy is for the league. I think that's the way this comes out. To me, simply stated, um, the Raiders should stay in Oakland. They should spend money retrofitting the Odako to a football-only stadium. I realize this isn't going to happen. The A's build their stadium, hopefully on the Coliseum site, and you retain two teams. What I think is being leveraged now is there is a very real possibility that above and beyond the Warriors going, the Raiders go next, and then the city is really going to have to come to the table with the A's. So it's a scary time if I'm an elected official in Oakland and Alameda County, and then layer in the whole complexity that the county wants the city to right. buy out their, their percentage of, of the Coliseum. No doubt, Andy, and it seems like that the city officials are already hunkering down with their eyes only on the A's, realizing that that's really the only realistic scenario is that you just keep the one team. Well, Dibs, you just don't hear hunkering enough on sports talk radio. I usually I go with hunkering more than hunkering, but uh, it's a hanker-hunker kind of Wednesday. Yeah. You're getting well some all-star uh, stuff on the board today. Yes. Um, but but I do think if you just look at the numbers, guys, there's 81 baseball games plus playoffs, et cetera, and how many football games yep, are that's there? It. Playoffs? Uh, there's yeah. – <laughs> There's not 80. Now, easy. That's my former team. Got a spit take out of Andy Dolich on my Mora. Uh, so I, I think that clearly the city needs to maximize its tax revenues, the business side of it. And the lack of strategy is what has been so apparent to me. The, the Raiders <laughs> have said, we're going to San Antonio. We're moving to Dublin. Uh, we're going to play at the Concord Naval Weapons Station. Always a good place to put a football stadium. Yes. Uh, you know, how many nukes are under the field? Uh, we're going to play at Howard Terminal. We're going to play at 66th Avenue. We're staying in Oakland, but we have a partnership with the Chargers. We might play in Englewood. Is that a strategy? That doesn't sound like a strategy to me. You mean you're not buying secret proposals and secret money and we'll, you know. What about Irwindale, Andy? Is that still alive? (laughs) I mean, what exists and what is fascinating is there are no secrets. Exactly. If, If, in fact, the NFL had clearly decided in the closed rooms of Chicago, you know, yesterday or today, that they knew exactly what they were going to do, who was going, and when they were going, we would know about it, maybe not instantaneously, but pretty close after that. Nice. And that's the, that's the great news for fans. I just think it's so frustrating for the green and gold and the silver and black to just wake up every day and read, we're going here, we're going there. Look at the loyalty. Look at the money. Look at the tears and sweat that these people have put into these teams for such a long period of time and only hearing the negative part of we're going someplace else. I'm totally biased, but there is no better place than Oakland for the Raiders, and there's no better place than Oakland for the A's. And if I hear another person talk about Oakland as the new Brooklyn, I'm going to be physically ill. Oakland is Oakland. It shouldn't be compared to anything. It has the wherewithal. It's proven it over time. But unless uh, the business community, the elected officials, and most importantly, the team owners and the leagues get on one page. Uh, I mean, we've seen what's happened. There were three teams there. It looks like there's only going to be two. 
and there could be a circumstance where there's only one, that would be a horrible day for the entire Bay Area sports community. Congratulations to Los Angeles for getting it done. Uh, Oakland, Oakland's a bunch of buffoons. I've already said it before. Uh, we have to now come together as a Raider Nation, as a California Raider Nation, and just embrace each other and get ready because it's coming. Regardless of whether we like it or not, we are brothers and sisters in the Raider Nation. We have to get along because it's going to happen. And so we got to move on and mend fences and get over the L.A. Oakland bullshit because it's actually gotten crazy out of control. The NFL owners met near Chicago on Tuesday to discuss the future of football in Los Angeles. So, what does that mean for the Raiders? Welcome into But Seriously, I'm Jim Cosimore. Representatives from the Rams, Chargers, and Raiders gave presentations on the progress of two separate stadium situations going on. The Rams Stadium in Englewood and the Raiders Chargers Stadium in Carson. The league has also heard from St. Louis, San Diego, and Oakland officials on where stadium deals stand to try and keep their respective teams. Afterward, the point man for the NFL addressed how things are going for the city of Oakland. And let me try to address that because I've been there um, personally several times over the course of the last couple of years. Um, The Oakland Raiders have great fans in Oakland City and the county of Oakland and a lot broader territory. Um, but the facts on the ground are that there's no, been no viable proposal that's been made to the Raiders. We've said one thing uh, consistently to any of the markets that um, have been engaged in trying to put forth a proposal, and it really th- rests on a couple of pillars. One of them is that a proposal has to be specific. Um, the second is it has to be attractive to a team. And the third is it has to be actionable. And so what actionable means is it can't just be an idea. To the extent that there's enabling legislation or enabling financing activities or there are litigation threats or anything of that nature, anything that needs to be assembled has to be assembled in a time frame where a club could act on it. And thus far, um, those sorts of tests have not been made in uh, Oakland. So as of yet, there is no proposal for the Raiders to consider. A a quick follow-up. The city primarily is under the impression they have until the end of the year to put something together. By your statement, is that not the case? Well, I go back to what we've said all along and what I just said, which is it has to be actionable. You've asked a hypothetical question, and I don't want to give you a hypothetical answer, but if a proposal is made at any stage and it is not actionable, meaning the enabling legislation, enabling financing, and all those other things aren't in place, then there's, it's really um, not something a club could act on. And I leave off whether it's even attractive. So there's no artificial deadline in place. It's all subject to whether a relocation is filed for and whether that relocation can gain the support of the rest of the member clubs. Um, but if one can, the alternative has to be something that's actionable. Tom, uh, I might just add, you know, we, want, we, we need certainty to any proposals. That's one of the things we're very focused on. So as we look at the cities trying to keep their respective teams, San Diego seemingly trying to do something for the Chargers. It's not certain if the Chargers want to play back with the city. St. Louis seemingly moving around their own laws to try to work with the Rams. The Rams don't want to dance with them. And in Oakland, there's a big question mark. Tim Kawakami from the San Jose Mercury News, along with Ray Ratto, our senior insider at CSNBayArea.com. And uh, Ray, today only, how big of a blow was it to the city of Oakland's chances of keeping the Raiders? 
It was no blow at all because that all this is is the status quo. Libby Schaaf sat in this chair <laughs> and basically said the same thing months ago. Alameda County is trying to sell off its share of the Coliseum because it doesn't want to even be in the business of that anymore. Oakland's got nothing to bring. The problem, though, is that the NFL is trying to figure out a way that it can maybe take the Charger proposal without getting sued by the Rams or figure out a way that they can get the Rams and Chargers to play ball together in one stadium and which place that would be. And thirdly, what would happen to Oakland without a stadium plan if they don't get called down to L.A.? In which case, the weakest financial franchise in the NFL becomes all that much weaker to the point where it's almost... It's as close as an NFL franchise can be to just being a, a cash drain. And all these interlocking parts have to work. The one interlocking part that isn't working at all and is off to the side now is what Oakland and Alameda County plan to do because they basically plan to do nothing. All right, a lot of good things to get to on <laughs> a lot of things there. Yeah, there. There's, there's plenty right there. <laughs> Let's just use the timeline side of this. There are questions about the timeline yeah. on this. How much is time the worst enemy for the Raiders? Yeah, I mean, again, it, it's... Anytime it doesn't go forward, it's bad for them because the other things are going forward. Now, the NFL is saying there's movement with Inglewood and the Rams. For sure there's movement there. I mean, you fly over LAX and there's ground being moved. There's, you know, that whole complex looks like it could go at any second. And they say shovels could be in the ground in December if they get the go-ahead. In Carson, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of showmanship, but there's a lot of talk. There's cer certainly something going on there. And it's, it's two teams ready to look at that for sure. In Oakland, there's nothing there. So the deadline is... Whenever those other things get done, that's a deadline. If, the, if Oakland can't beat that, and I don't know that there's much sign that they can, that's the deadline. Whether it's December, January, February, it's January next year, um, or two years from now, whatever January that would be, that's the real deadline because, as Ray said, the, the owners just want a deal. They, they want the deal to happen. People ask me to rank who's most likely, who's... The Rams are most likely because they're ready to go. Everything else, it's whatever the deal is, whatever the best fit, whatever the best owner, whatever the best financing, and whatever the other cities can come up with. It's all a deal. But the politics is what makes this far more complicated because St. Louis and San Diego have at least offered a measure of money. The Chargers don't want any part of the, of, of the San Diego deal, and they've said it over and over and over again because they're claiming, among other things, that the environmental impact report won't pass muster down there. St. Louis is the one that has gone the furthest to try to keep the Rams, but it is clear by the fact that there's a hole in the ground in Inglewood that the Rams don't want to deal with St. Louis. And, and the NFL doesn't want to be in the position of gouging a city and then telling the city, well, we're not going to take your bid anyway, because that means the next city they want to gouge for a stadium will go, wait a minute, we're not going to play ball like that. We, we got, St. Louis got money up, and you told them to take a hike. No, I think it, and I short, think that's a problem. The shortcut here is if the Raiders or, or Chargers said, we'll go to St. Louis. Because it looks like, you know, St. Louis owner State Carnegie is hell-bent to get to L.A. There's a deal there in St. Louis to stay. And as you said, <laughs> they might be skirting some laws that are saying they don't have to vote for this public money. But it's the, that's what the NFL wants. They love that. If the Raiders... Look, Let's just pick the Raiders. Let's just say if the Raiders were, would, would agree to go to St. Louis for some reason, I think this deal would happen in, in, in 20 minutes because it would be the Rams and Chargers 
in Southern California, whether they're in the stadium together or not, it, those two would be the Southern California teams, and the Raiders would be in St. Louis. The Raiders have shown no interest in that, zero. Nor, so nor, that's, the, that's part of the problem here. In addition, St. Louis has shown no interest in accepting the Raiders. They yeah. want the Rams. Yeah. That's all they want. They haven't asked for the Chargers at any point, and I don't think they want any peace they might the Raiders. Take- the Raiders' only chance of staying in Oakland is if either the NFL takes one team in L.A. or takes two and it's, the, and it's the Rams and the Chargers. And the problem with taking the Rams and the Chargers is then you've got to agree on a site because I don't think the Chargers want to be the second tenant up at Inglewood. And I know the Rams, having thrown all their money into Inglewood, don't want to end up being the second tenant oh, yeah. in Carson. Awesome. How much is this showing just how little power the Raiders have well, only over their own future. Yeah, out of three teams, they're the third, no question. If there was a third team, they'd be fourth. Uh, <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, they don't have the clout, they don't have the money, they don't have anything in Oakland to push them forward. All the things that you need are the league connections. Mark Davis is a new owner, doesn't have a lot of connections with anybody there. I think he knows the owners now, but he doesn't have this, he's not on the committees, he's not in there on the TV deals. They haven't won. You know, all the things that give you momentum that give you force in these kinds of deals listen if they had all this stuff going on they probably would have built in Oakland a long time ago they would have just said this is how we're going to do it they, they're not there the, the 49ers certainly not a powerhouse in a lot of committees and a lot of political issues they got it done because listen building a stadium is profitable look what the 49ers showed you just have to have the wherewithal and the commitment and the ability to finance it and the Mark, grass seed and, well <laughs> that's a whole other thing they, the Raiders haven't had any of those things the Chargers have some of it the league connections for sure Stan Kroenke's got the dough those are that puts them immediately way ahead of where the Raiders are they're gonna have to tag along with one of these teams that's where they're gonna they're gonna win if they find the right deal to tag along with they're not but, leading any of them. but or they get Oakland somehow or they move into Santa Clara for temporary time that's a whole other these are all these options that are and, out and, there. and that's not and that's clearly a non-starter now well, they don't want it to happen but they might do it temporarily there, I think they might do it temporarily there was a you retweeted something today from someone from usa today who was at the owners meeting that they had up there and, and i want to read this quickly it, it was from tom Pal, uh, palacero he USA tweeted, today. yeah usa today he tweeted this raiders owner mark davis on whether oakland can still work for his team quote i don't know said presentation for carson plan went great. Is he starting to remove? <laughs> you, you he knows. Know. He's he, known for months. Right, but he's never really said it. No, he that. hasn't said it because I think he thinks they're close enough now where this is going to get done for him. I don't think all the ducks are in a row yet, and I still think he's relying on the odds being in his favor only because if they leave the Raiders in Oakland, the Raiders literally become the St. Louis Browns, just this useless team that can generate no money other than what the league gives them every year with the TV contracts. They're a placeholder. Because they, they don't make any money off parking. The lease is onerous for them. They get hammered in a lot of different ways in Oakland. And if they're not moving to L.A., they don't have any leverage at all. Now, they've talked about moving to L.A. and they don't have leverage. So clearly, they would be the lamest of ducks if they stayed. So they're relying on their desperation to inspire other owners to say, we can't have a team like that in our league. We're talking with the best in the business. It's ESPN's John Clayton. John, you were in Chicago for the recent league meetings. What's the update on in Los Angeles? When all's said and done, which teams are going to be playing in L.A.? It's still, nobody has. 
has 24 votes. I think that's pretty clear. And I think this is one where momentum was now regained a little bit by the Rams and Stan Kroenke, because coming out of the meeting in San Francisco in May, it seemed like a lot of the owners were starting to side with the Carson Project. But now that they're starting to study the Carson Project, I mean, as great as it is, and what, what basically happened, there's two great options. And with two great options, something's going to happen good for Los Angeles. That one's clear. But now it's a matter of saying, okay, is it better to have the finances of an owner in St. Louis who is going to pay for everything and then set up the opportunity for two teams? Or is it better to invest $400 million of league money you know, from the G4 program and put a stadium that could be a, you know, just a monument to the NFL with all these things like the NFL Network there, a Hall of Fame West? I mean, it's a great debate. And so because of that, they're going to need about four months to kind of go through that. So it's hard to handicap right now who has the edge. I'd still say the slight edge is Carson, but with what happened yesterday over in north of Chicago, I think momentum was built for Stan Kroenke getting some votes. So on that note, congratulations, Los Angeles. You've won them back. I hate it, but hey, man, uh, you guys have got it. So have a good time with it. Uh, we'll be down there and see some games. That is faux show. And that is all I have to say about that. Bad of the bone. Let's get into the bone line, shall we? 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. The bone line is active, and I need you to get activated on it. <laughs> Come on, ladies. Get on that phone. You Get off that uh, Facebook, but you can get on the phone and call in and see what you have to say about your Raiders. I'm not going to say I'm Oakland Raiders. Well, yes, I will. They're still here. You're Oakland Raiders. And our first caller is the Mad Stork. I love that handle, bro. What's up, my man? What's up, Raider Nation? This is the Mad Stork. First, I wanted to send a special shout-out to Raider Greg and Raider Randy. We really appreciate all the time and effort that you put into this podcast and your commitment to excellence is proven in every show that you guys put out. I myself am planning on making a donation on my next paycheck and I encourage the rest of the listeners to do the same. It takes a lot of time and effort to put into this podcast and it ain't cheap. Second thing I wanted to talk about was the stadium situation. Uh, All my family and I were born in Oakland and I've always been proud of the fact that that's where the Raiders are from. But at the end of the day, I want what's best for the Raiders and their franchise and not what's best for the city of Oakland. I would rather share, equally share, a stadium in L.A. with another football team than continue to be the tenant and share a stadium with the baseball team. It's a joke that the Raider Nation no longer considers funny. I'm out. First off, thanks for the props, brother. We really appreciate it very, very much. It's very cool that you recognize uh, the, the work that it takes to put this thing on. Randy does a lot of work, bro. He has to work on stuff that I screw up big time. And the stadium, that's kind of where I am, brother. It's best for the Raiders. It'll be better for the team. They'll have more money to do more things. And, well, there'll be more fans to enjoy it, I'm hoping. But you know we're gonna see we're gonna see each other down there for sure. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Thanks for the call, man. And from hostile territory, we have the Rocky Mountain Raider there in Bronco Country. What's up, bro? 
What up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, and Raider Nation? This is the Rocky Mountain Raider coming to you from behind enemy lines in Golden, Colorado. Donkey country. It's an awesome place to live, but fuck the donkeys in their orange clown suit wearing fans. Uh, my first time calling, and I want to thank Stitcher for helping me find this podcast. It's awesome. Y'all get a lot of Raider news out here, as you can imagine. Uh, but first off, the great Ken Stabler. Man, rest in peace, Snake. I watched his games with my dad when I was a little kid. Made me a Raider fan for life. Uh, I grew up in Sacramento in the 70s, uh, right in the trenches of Niners versus Raiders. And how about the Raiders kicking that Niner ass this last year? Last time they'll play him in Oakland, and they sent him across the Bay Bridge with a sound ass whipping on that douchebag keeper, Nick. But, you know, I'm psyched for the first time in many years for this season. I love the Del Rio hire uh, and all the – we got players on the staff, former players on the staff. And, uh, you know, I like our last couple of, couple of drafts. And I really wish they went Williams too, Greg, but – you know, Cooper's going to be a beast from the get-go. He's just going to be a target machine and uh, that security blanket that Carr really needs. So I'm really psyched about that. You know, they're on the upswing. And uh, you know you know what? I've seen this before. All right? I grew up in Sacramento, moved out here from the East Bay in 95. And, you know, the Raiders have been kind of owning donkeys for a few years leading up to that. And, uh, you know, then the Broncos got Shanatan as a coach, and he coached the Raiders before, and he told these guys, guess what? The Raiders think you guys are a bunch of pussies. And then what happened? You know, first game, they whipped them, like 27 nothing. I think it was 27 nothing. Just whipped them the first time they played them, and then just started to run of owning them. And we all know how painful it's been. For years, pretty much, they've owned them. But look at this year, you know. The Raiders have been down and out for a while, and uh, now we get a coach from Denver, uh, he's got head coaching experience. You know, he knows Denver's personnel. And the donkeys, man. Manning is old. They got an aging quarterback. Their offensive line is bullshit now that Clady's out. That's why Williams would have been really sweet, man. Williams and Mack would have terrorized that old man. But, you know, I really think this is our time. It feels like the worm is turning. I mean, they ain't gonna they ain't gonna win fourteen games or anything, but Beating the Broncos once or twice, I think that's possible. Eight and eight, I definitely feel like eight and eight is possible, man. And, uh, you know, listening to local donkey talk on the radio around here, they're scared. These fans out here, man, they're nervous. Their egos are just, they are freaking nervous. They got to the playoffs three years in a row, and each time they've gotten punked. I mean, just kicked in the balls. You know, I listen to them on the radio. They're already saying, oh, maybe Peyton's too old. And, uh, let's see what we've got in Osweiler. Brock Osweiler. You know if they're talking about Brock Osweiler. They're scared. And uh, I got my trip booked to the Bay in October. I'll be in the black hole with all my Raider brothers, probably for the last time in Oakland, which sucks. But, you know, move to L.A., get some money. We all know what's going to happen. I'm at peace with it. And, you know, that's going to be my last game in Oakland. Hopefully they put a whipping on those donks. Anyway, uh, I guess that's about all I got. Uh, time's probably up, but I love the show. So awesome to find, and I love hearing from the nation from all over the country, man. Keep up the good work, fellas. Rocky Mountain Raider out. Go Raider! Nicely done, my man. Nicely done. Yes, well, 
Denver Bronco fans should be scared because their team is starting to fizzle out right under their asses. And I love it. And the only team really I'm worried about this season are the Chargers. You know, they have a really good team. And they're... Their quarterback's old, too, but he ain't that old. And the Chargers, I think, are going to be our nemesis this season, not the Bronco Hoes. And I hope they kick ass in October. Hope to see you there at the tailgate, brother. And uh, thank you for all the props as well. I love what you have to say about the team because we all agree. And after this first game, hey, man, it looks good to me. And next, the Prez is up in the house from RNOM. What is up, my brother? What's going on, Raider Nation? This is the praise of RNOM. I know it's been a while, and I'd like to say hello to Raider Greg and Raider Randy. Hope you guys enjoyed this hot summer. We're getting closer. Preseason is almost amongst us. Everybody is stoked, as Raider Greg would say. And I am, too. Just um, looking forward to see what we got. Looks promising. I got no quams. And um, like I said before, we just look damn good, man. I, I, this has to be the year. This just has to be the year. At least supposed to be relevant, that is. And um, we got a chance to have a visitor who I hope will make this squad, Anthony Morris. He was um offensive line guy. He came by the headquarters, and we wished him well. It was a nice time. Love the brother, you know. We hope he makes that roster and, and do it well along with other people. But most importantly though, I can't wait to see the Raider Nation. I'm looking forward for us to kick some ass, look good, and take names. That's all I got to say pretty much. Raider Nation, out. Well, so far so good, my man. It looked pretty good last night against the Lambs. Our team looks good, so we'll see. The next game is coming up pretty soon, and we will get a better idea on the third game of the season, of the preseason, that is. Thank you for the call, always, my man. And our next caller, our very favorite caller of mine, for sure, my good brother, Obi-Wan Raider. The bone line has returned. At last, I can get my fill of Raider crack. What is up? Obi-Wan Raider here calling in from Magnolia, Texas. I'll go with this fucking heat out here. It feels like I'm living on Tatooine. Raider Greg, Raider Randy. We have fucking missed you guys and the bone line. I had a really, really, really shitty fucking couple of days. And my bone line, it sits there and it balances me out, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. I can get a little animated sometimes. I let the emotions take hold of me and just want to crack bottles open and bust assholes. But something said, check to see if the bone line's back up. And son of a bitch it is with two podcasts for me to listen to. Thank you, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. You guys have no idea how much of a stabilizing force you are for the Raider Nation and how you keep us from fucking murdering people from other teams. 
<laughs> I'm joking about that, of course. Fuck Tom Brady. At any rate, um, Ken Stabler. That shit, uh, wow. I mean, it's kind of like when you saw Superman take that header off the horse and then he's paralyzed. You see him as Superman. I remember going to the Coliseum and seeing Kenny Stabler and my dad saying, hey, this guy can party all night, but when it comes time to football, he does his business. That's what you do when you grow up, son, when you become a man. You have a job. You do your work when you get to your job. You can fuck off all night long as long as you get there, your head's in the right place. And Stabler's head was always in the right place, and his arm was always strong enough. It is a fucking travesty that he is not in the Hall of Fame. Everyone says it's all about Super Bowls. Well, if that's the fucking case, why the hell is Marino in there? Oh, he was a pretty boy from Pittsburgh. He's down in South Miami. I don't give a fuck. If you're going to sit there at ESPN and say it's about Super Bowls, then Kenny Stabler should have been in the fucking Hall of Fame before he died. Fucking, um, Plunk, Plunk has got two Super Bowls. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Fucking Tom Flores, who was a Raiders head coach, a Raiders assistant coach, a Raiders draft pick, has a total of three Super Bowl rings throughout the organization, and yet he's not in there. It's all bullshit. Getting back on topic here. Money Man, I love your takes. But I gotta know, bruh, why are you so deaf on car, but you were willing to keep holding on hope for Terrell Pryor? Carr is a much better talent, much better arm strength than Pryor. He's not going to outrun Pryor. No one thinks that. But I was at those games when SC played Fresno, and I saw him get fucking popped by Leonard Williams. I saw him get popped by um, uh, Hayes Pollard. And the safety, I can't think of his name for USC either. The kid's not gunshot. He's not his brother. Everyone has a perception that he's his brother. His brother's gunshot from playing for the fucking Texans and expansion team and getting sacked over 490 fucking times. He's a tackling dummy, basically. But in the end, it worked out. He got a Super Bowl ring with the Giants. We all should hope that Carr's career is at least what Eli's was in terms of him getting the Super Bowls and making it the clutch plays when you need to. But you got to realize, the kid, was, for all intents and purposes, a slashing Khalil Mack, fucking, aside from Latavius Murray when he did play, the fucking team was shit last year. Let's just be real about it. Bullshit offensive coordinator. Tarver was trying his ass off, but I honestly believe that. But the guys, I don't think they bought into him are Dennis Allen. I really don't. Jack Del Rio's like, look, motherfucker, you get a damn paycheck. You should be happy to have a paycheck for people who don't have a job. You're blessed to play football. You want to fucking earn every single thing. That way, your practices are so fucking hard. When you get out there during game day, all you got to do is play. As the coach said, you play to win the game. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. We're going to try to get out there for the Broncos game and also the um, the Bungles game. I'm working on that right now, picking up a couple extra shifts. And uh, that's it. Obi-Wan Raider out. Raider Nation, much love. And... Uh, as Gene Upstar said, next up, the kid from Alabama, Kenny the Snake Stabler. Rest in peace, my man. Up here having shots with Al Davis in heaven. All right. Ring of love. One love. Peace. Out. First off, for sorry, man, we had some technical difficulties. We get them from time to time. 
Uh, second off, the team has really made a turn, I think, and Carr, of course, is part of it. <laughs> Money Man has spoken. Come on, man. He knows better, too, and he's going to know better game after game, and he's going to call back and say it, I am sure. Uh, the other thing is, man, they're going to move to L.A., so it's good that you're coming to Oakland to see a game. It'll be epic. It'll be a memory you, you won't forget. Uh, thanks for the props, too, bro. And our next caller, very familiar voice, the Desert Raider. Raider Sid, that is. What's up, man? What up, Raider Nation? This is Raider Sid, the Desert Raider. Today's the first day of full-blown training camp. Here we go, boys. Let's fucking start kicking some ass. Oh, man, I cannot wait for some motherfucking football. Man, I haven't felt this good about the Raiders since Hugh Jackson's second year. You know how we're looking then. We've got a lot of young players, a lot of really great potential there. Some good veterans. we make some good moves, I think. If the uh, injury bug doesn't hit us, we are going to fucking kick ass this year. So, and speaking of uh, first day of of training, uh, Mr. Darren McFadden showed up with the Cowboys, and guess what? He fucked up his hamstring. I told these assholes he's not going to fucking last. Idiots. All right, man. Uh, not too much going on. Deflate gay bullshit. You know what, Patriots? Why don't you just fucking suck it up? Tell the fucking league that you fucking did it. Apologize. I'll fucking take away the fucking fine and all that other bullshit. You just guys, you got caught red-handed. It's no big deal that you fucking cheated. It's that you fucking lied to the face of the fucking league. You know? That's why you're getting nailed. Stupid fucks. I hate those fuckers anyway. And, uh, you know what? Uh, gotta say a little something about my man, Kenny Stabler. He was... One of my heroes when I was a kid. He was one of the reasons I became a Raider fan when I was in fifth grade. You know, so uh, uh, rest in peace, Snake. You were definitely uh, one of the great Raiders, and you belong on the Mount Rushmore of Raiders. And one last thing, the Bolsa Cheek uh, Raider Nation bonfire. Checked it out for a couple hours. It was pouring rain like a motherfucker in the morning. And... Uh, I swear to God, all the beaches were cleared up. I saw the, the police going up and telling everybody to get the hell off the beach. Apparently, some surfer got killed last year. He was surfing, got electrocuted, you know, poor guy. But anyway, they're, they're taking precautions, and they just get everybody off the beach. And Bolsa Chica was the only beach that was happening. Stayed there for a few hours, had a good time. Went over to Killarney's afterwards, found a few brews. It was a, a great weekend. And everyone out there, if you can make it to Oakland, you got to go, man, because it looks like they don't give a shit over there in the city council or the uh, Alameda County. So they're going to be moving. You know, I don't want them to move because they're the Oakland Raiders. If you didn't move to L.A., I'm going to still call them the Oakland Raiders. All right? So uh, hang in there. Let's have a good season. Let's uh, hope we don't get any injuries, and let's kick some ass. All right, Raider Nation. This is Raider Sid, the Desert Raider. I'm out. You know, I love your passion, bro. You're a good fan, and you got a great outlook. Yeah, the bonfire looked like it was a lot of fun, even though it did get rained out. But amazingly enough, they didn't get pushed off the beach. 
I'm sure they weren't going to either. <laughs> oh, man, it is the last year in Oakland. So get your ass up here. Get you in a seat, like I have to say. It's always good, bro. The Raiders are moving and shaking this year, as you can see. And our next caller representing the Bend, Oregon, Raider Nation fan club, my very good brother, Raider Mystic. What's up, Raider Nation? What's up, Raider Greg? Raider Podcast. Raider Randy. All the Raiders and Raider Rets out there. This is Raider Mystic. <laughs> Chilling up here in Bend, Oregon, like I always do, in between everything else that I go do. But, uh, yeah, you know, I was listening to the podcast the other day, and I heard you mention my name about the uh, bonfire. Hey, why don't you uh, share a little bit? Of... I was like, okay. Um, anyways, uh, Raider Bonfire, um, yeah. The weather really came down. Wasn't uh, too hype on the weather, but you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles. And uh, we were out there still. We were still doing our thing. All the Raiders were still there. We all were in this storm together. We weathered the storm. And like after you weather a storm, whether it's a decade of losing or a half a day at the beach, we made it together till the very end, like some diehard Raiders. And, uh, of course, our group, Fordham, right when we were scheduled to play, was the rainstorm, lightning, thunder moment of the day where everybody went back into, under the canopies, except for some diehards that, that hung out and danced with us for the whole deal. And that was a lot of fun. We, I was just drenched, just soaking wet. I had to take my cell phone and go stash it off in a corner so it wouldn't die and get ruined by the rain. And I was seeing lightning hitting the ocean in the distance. I was hearing thunder clapping strongly overhead, scaring the shit out of me at the same time while we were performing. And nobody told us to quit, and nobody wanted to quit, so we just said, fuck it, and we kept going. And, uh, yeah, that's the spirit of the Raider right there. And that was a lot of fun. That's a moment I'll remember the rest of my life. And the the crew that was there was a lot of fun as well. And so, uh, you know, the, the, weather, the weather gods hit hard, but uh, the Raiders pulled through, still had the bonfire. And uh, I look forward to next year. And I look forward to this season coming right around the corny, the corny, <laughs> the corner, and seeing what Amari Cooper is going to do for our team. Seeing what our new tight ends are going to do. Who's going to get the, who's going to get the job. Looking forward to seeing Janikowski kick some, oh, how about world record field goals this year. Man, Janikowski, we got to have a coach that is willing to put Janikowski in, in that final second, right before the halftime, right where you can actually make the 65-yarder to hold that record. Like, why not? Let him do it. This is the year. Jack Del Rio. Okay. Yeah. It's time. It's Raider season, 2015, and I'm all in. All in. All right. What love.
Love you, Ritter Greg. Peace. Well, I asked for it, and I couldn't have got a better description of the bonfire there at Bolsa Chica Beach. I'm going to tell you, man, uh, that sounds like an epic time. And the way you describe it, I can totally see how the Raider Nation would be hanging. Um, and you guys perform, too, in the middle of the storm. That's great. That is hardcore, bro. Our team is doing well. Our new Toy Cooper looks great. It's going to be a good season, man. Going to be a good season. Can't wait to see you there at O.co. Going to be good times this year, bro. And our next caller from Steamy Hot, Tucson, Arizona, Raider Malik, is up in the house. What's happening, my man? Hello, Raider Greg, Raider Andy. This is Raider Malik from Tucson. Long time no hear. Uh, glad to hear the podcast is back on. Looked the other day, saw that you guys were back up and running. Really glad about that because I was kind of freaking out. I sent a few emails to people, a couple things on Twitter, hadn't heard anything, didn't know what was going on. I guess it was like this whole shenanigan with uh, the website domains. Glad to hear you guys back on, man. It's it's actually a relief. Now I got something to look forward to each and every fucking week. So sitting out here in Tucson, sweating my ass off, hot as hell. It's like 5 o'clock, it's like 102 degrees. Lovely. But let's get to it. I uh, just wanted to call in to say a few things. Excited for the team. Can't wait for preseason. Uh, I've been looking at the whole NFL Insider training camp shit on uh, NFL Network. Of course, there's been no mention about the Raiders. They've been showing all kinds of shit about the Chargers, Broncos, Patriots, Steelers, blah, blah, Bengals, and all that shit. I'm hoping they actually say something about the Raiders. It'd be fucking nice. But, you know, without a look, they'll probably just diss us and move on. That's all right. I don't need to fucking, you know, have them on my bandwagon anyway. So, whatever. I'm also happy about the whole attitude change in camp, man. I mean, everyone I've been talked to is is really excited about this new regime. Uh, Del Rio has everything going on, going straight. Norton has everybody fired up. People are buying in. Um, Veterans are buying in, which is really important. A little Mac put on a few more pounds. Looks like he's going to be a beast this year. Amara Cooper's looking special as hell. So, you know, I, I can understand people are still upset about that whole draft thing with not getting a defensive player. But you got to score to win games. And if they can't score, I don't care if they're holding teams to 15 points a game. I couldn't see them scoring 15 points a game. So now maybe that can change. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Cooper looks wonderful. Carl looks very good. Uh, so unfortunate that Streeter had that little injury bug. Uh, hopefully he'll be back soon and everything will be fine with that. But I'm excited, man. I mean, I'm fucking fired up. Fired up. Spoke to my brother today. We're still trying to figure out if we can possibly get out there for the first game of the season. Uh, be incredible. It'll be my first time ever in Oakland. Uh, I know all about the black hole, and you got to get out there and experience that. So we're trying to make that happen. Hopefully that will happen. We, we shall see. Can't wait to see this offense. Can't wait to see the defense. I haven't really heard much about Mario Edwards. I'm hoping he's uh, he's going to step up and really show people that we got something going on with him. DJ Hayden, you know, this this is your year, man. You step up or you're fucking out. Sorry. You know, that's that's the way it goes. Really glad to hear that Taiwan Jones is being brought back as running back. 
I've heard that he's actually added some weight. He's bulked up a little bit. And if he can hold on to the ball, I mean, his speed could be really key in our offense this year. And I'm hoping that they also get Marcel Reese more involved, um, where it is that they're trying to. I also heard that uh, teams are actually trying to get him to, to leave Oakland, and I'm hoping that he doesn't listen to them at all and just stays with Oakland. But you never know. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You know, that's that's pretty much all I got to say about that. And um, that's it. So uh, glad to hear you back on once again. Go Raiders. Raider Nation, baby. Out. Well, I think the big difference in camp is nobody kissing anybody's ass. There's no pats on the ass. There's no, hey, good job. Oh, you didn't do that wrong. It's in your, they're in their face, bro. They're making these guys do push-ups when they jack stuff up, when they make big mistakes or making them run. This is not the same old bullshit we've been used to for the last few coaches. No, Del Rio is business. It's all about business. And you better take care of your business. And I kind of like that edge, and that's what it's showing. And we saw it firsthand We see that when we saw the team play the Lambs. I think we're going to have some good things. I think this coaching staff is actually working for the first time in a long-ass time. Uh, I think that's a big difference. Thanks, brother. You stay cool. Get your ass to Oakland, man. It's the last chance you're going to have. You better make it happen, bro. And I want to see you, too. And next, a very good Raider fan. He's consistent. He's there. My good brother, Autumn Wind Williams. What's happening, man? What's up, Raider Greg and Raider Randy? This is Autumn Wind Williams giving you a holler. I know I ain't talked to y'all in a while. I'm super excited for the preseason, regular season right around the corner. Uh, yeah, we're going to be going against the L.A. Rams. And as I speak on these uh, teams and stadium issues, uh, you know, I feel your frustration about Oakland should be doing a lot more than they actually have been doing. But at the same time, I'm looking at Mark Davis just repeating the same thing over and over. We pulled a string behind his, uh, you know, behind his back. Same thing. Hey, guys, I want to stay in Oakland. He's not proving anything. Look at all these successful businesses we have in the Bay Area. Not one time has Mark Davis told me or anybody else that approached him that he's reaching out to these companies to invest in the team, getting the stadium done. At the same time, he says he needs help, but what is he doing to try to get that help? And uh, that's another thing you need to look at, too, everybody in the Raiding Nation. Do you really think the NFL is going to let Mark Davis go down to L.A.? with his bad business skills. If he can't negotiate to get businesses to help him out with the stadium out here, why are they going to let Mark Davis be a co-owner of a stadium in L.A.? That that doesn't sound right. It really doesn't sound right. And, you know, I'm still not happy. I, you know, even though I'm pro-Oakland and still going to be a Raider fan no, no matter where they go, I still don't like a decision with sharing a team, a stadium with a rival. It it just doesn't sit right. Plus, you know, that would move either the Raiders or the Chargers to the NFC, you know. And it's a tradition of Raider and Charger games, man. You know, we love to go down to South Oakland and take over. (laughs) 
they like to come up here and talk shit and walk away with nothing. <laughs> but, you know, I'm looking at all that history just torn up in between both uh, franchises, and it's not cool. But anyway, uh, ba- basically what I want to say, I want to end this with, I want the Raider Nation to start respecting each other's opinions. Like I respect Raider Greg's opinion, even though I don't think it's quite the truth. <laughs> the Raiders are not going to go to L.A., no matter how much Raider Greg says that. But I respect his opinion. So all you guys on the Internet that keep on calling everybody idiots and dumbasses and dropping F-bombs is unnecessary. We're the Raider Nation. So you got to look at you're making a fool of yourself, especially when every other fan base want to be like us. Don't act like them. I'm out. Not to beat a dead horse, but I'm going to beat the crap out of it. Listen, Amy Trax was the one who was working on all those deals with the tech companies, trying to bring money to the Raiders. She found a stumbling block in Mark Davis. This is my opinion. And he had already made his mind up that they were going to move back to Los Angeles. That had already been brewing in the background. So here we are uh, giving Oakland all the chances they could. Oakland was never going to step up to the plate, ever, ever going to step up to the plate. It was always going to be private money. Mark didn't really try for it. And here we are. They're moving. That's good. It's better for the team. That's okay. You and I probably be on the speed bullet train on the way down there to see a game occasionally for sure. Uh, No big deal. No disrespect to anybody in the Raider Nation. But, hey, man, there are fans all over the country, all over the world, always going to call them Oakland Raiders. I'm going to call them Oakland Raiders. Hey, they're the Raiders, and we are the Raider Nation. You're right. Cut the hostility, brothers, sisters. Uh, we all going to go to the same stadium and root for the same team. Let's get over it, shall we? Nice call, bro. And our next caller, my very good friend from deep in the East, the Erie Raider. What's up, brother? Raider Greg and Raider Randy, this is the Erie Raider calling. Um, first and foremost, as always, I so much appreciate your podcast and all the incredible work you guys put into all the stuff you do. Um, I just want to throw out the accolades. You guys absolutely deserve it, and I love it. and can't wait to hear every show that comes out. Um, second of all, to Raider Nation, it looks like we're finally turning, man. This is pretty damn exciting. I'm actually looking forward to the season in a realistic way, which is outrageous. But the reason I'm calling is this. Um, I read your rant on, on Facebook about um, Mark Davis doing nothing to help the stadium come about, and Man, I, I'm in absolutely the same boat. Um, it looks at this point that he's doing nothing and waiting for everybody else to do the work. I don't know if he's picked that habit up from because his dad was so dominant, um, but he just doesn't seem to be doing anything. One encouraging note, though, that I've read a couple times, just saw again this morning, is whichever team is left out of the L.A. deal, then they actually get some kind of um, uh, relocation monies directed towards them uh, from a relocation fee. And I don't know how much that would be or if that would help, but... This could be another way to add additional monies to the pot to get a stadium built in Oakland, um, as well as the profits that were shared here of over $200 billion, um, not too long ago as well. So, you know, Mark Davis could be up to here, five, six, seven, he could be up to $800 million himself. So I don't know if that's the case or not. It certainly sounds good. Man, I hope so. I'd like to see him stay in Oakland, although the city doesn't deserve it. The fans certainly do. So, Raider Nation, stay positive. We're almost there.
This is the Erie Raider signing out. Thanks. Bye-bye. You know, change is hard. It's hard for me, I tell you. That's why I haven't had a show in a long-ass time because I've been freaking depressed because I'm going to lose the opportunity to see great fans, great friends, uh, have great moments. I mean, crap, man. I can't even tell you. Every game is different. Every Sunday is another fun adventure. It's amazing. The games have been crazy. Uh, you know you know what I'm saying. If you've been to a Raider game, that's how it is. Now, I can't say Mark did this, Mark did that. I don't care what Mark did. I don't care what the city did. It doesn't make any difference because I have no control. Uh, neither do you, and neither does anybody else. Wherever they go, I wish them the very best. And I know this, I'll be there at least one game, uh, as long as I'm breathing anyway, uh, because this is our team. This is our Raiders, and we are the Raider Nation, and that's the way it goes. Wow, a blast from the freaking past. My brother, Raul Oliveros, one of the original callers here, man. What is up? Raider Nation, what's going down? This is Raul Oliveros calling from Pomona, California. It's been a while since I've called the bone line, and I'm kind of excited because 2015 is going to be a glorious year. We play our first preseason game tonight against the St. Louis Lambs. And I hope to see a lot of car. I hope to see a lot of our number one pick. Maybe a little bit of our crab tree. And our running back, Octavius. I hope to see that our defense does well. And I hope to us to be the sleepers and the AFC at the end of the season, hopefully taking the AFC West championship title and making our first playoff run since 2002. Now, I know it's been a while since I called, and it's because life has thrown a lot of curveballs in our life, but... I still support the silver and black, regardless of where they're at. This is Raider Raul Oliveros, and I'm out. The team is doing better, bro. It was a great game, as you know, and it's nice to have you back, my brother. Raider Grant from the Great Northwest. Listen, man, the callers that are calling in on this show... I'm fucking stoked. I love these guys. I love this show. What's up, man? Yeah, what's the Raider Nation? Raider Gray, Raider Randy, Raider Podcast. This is Raider Grant up here in the Great Northwest. And unfortunately, since I live in the Great Northwest, uh, I just got fucking sucked again by the NFL Network. What do I mean? Oh, let me see. Couldn't wait to come home tonight, watch March Mariota, you know, which she didn't do very well, but didn't do too bad either. You know, and then my next game, it's right there on TV, is going to be the Raiders and Rams. And lo and behold, somewhere in the mix, the fucking schedule goes to Denver, Seattle, which is already being covered by the goddamn local stations. And you know what the NFL Network does? 
instead of going ahead and playing the fucking Raider and Ram game, they put on a storied life by Brandon Marshall. That's what I got to fucking see on my NFL Network channel that I fucking pay money for. But I can't even watch my Raiders on. Instead, I get to watch the whole life story of Brandon Marshall. Well, fucking motherfuckers going to watch their fucking Denver in the goddamn Seahawks game. Fuck the NFL Network, dude. The Raider Nation, we need to get this turned around, start winning some goddamn games so that this shit doesn't happen anymore. It's fucking bullshit. And for anybody that's outside of the coverage area of the Oakland Raiders, it's fucking horrific to try to get a game. Seriously. Anyways, man, I'm sorry, sorry to vent so, so much, but uh, pretty pissed off, dude. First fucking game, I gotta want, want to see something, dude. The first series of the game, dude, and guess what? Brandon Marshall. <laughs> Anyways... Fuck the NFL Network. This is Raider Clan. I'm out. Yeah, that's no, you know, that's no surprise. I mean, look at our draft day. Just before every draft for the Raiders, they went to commercial, and they didn't have enough time to really talk about our draft pick. You know, that's the NFL. This dissing the Raiders forever, and it's not some, you know, bullcrap uh, suspense novel. It's the truth. It happens all the time. The Raiders game was not even a blimp on the radar, even here. I mean, we got to see it here, but still amazing that it, it wasn't included in the big three, which you you, you saw. Tennessee Titans are, must be a much better and well-recognized name in the world than the Oakland Raiders. That's a bullshit, and I agree with you 100%. And we got, we're going to start winning, so you're going to see a lot more football, bro. And next, my very good brother from Bakersfield, Raider Jaime in the house. What's happening, bro? What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation? This is Raider Jaime calling out of Bakersfield. Just uh, was getting down watching this game against the Lamb Chops. Like about five minutes left in the game. But man, this the first, second, third units, the fourth unit, man, they're all looking not bad, man. You know, it looked only two penalties, man. I've been, I, I, is this the first preseason game? Like I can't believe it, man. It's, it's, I mean, it just comes to show, man. That these guys, the coaching staff, just putting together a good team so far, man. I know it's the first game of preseason, but man, I was like surprised when it, when we only had one penalty in the first first half. I was like, what? But, I mean, hey, we're looking, it's looking pretty good, man. It looks like it's building to something. So we still got, you know, four more, three more preseason games to go, but let's see what it ends up looking like, you know. But, hey, man, good progress, man. Way to go. You know, it's certainly a different team from last year's team. That's for damn sure. But anyways, man, I'm very enthusiastic, man. I'm optimistic, man. All the good things right now. I'm just feeling great right now. This is just, you know, awesome, man. I mean, give give or take a couple of plays, you know, defense got to learn how to shed those blocks off, but, you know, I'm sure they'll get the, those kinks worked out and stuff, but this coaching staff has done a great job. I love what they've done, and, I mean, it's only going to get better, you know, so let's go, man. Let's get this thing rolling, man. I'm, I'm, I'm ready, baby. I'm pumped up. But anyways, man, great showing, man. Still five minutes left in the game, but hey, it, it looked great, man. The first quarters, I loved them. 
So um, hope to see you out there this year, man. I'm going to be happy. You can take my boys out there. Oh, and I just want to wish my son, Mark, a happy birthday. He'll be um, 29 on on the 16th of August. So, um, yeah, I need him after Marcus Allen, too. So just, uh, you know, throw that out there. <laughs> but anyways, man, happy birthday, son. I'm very proud of you. And go Raiders. Well, happy birthday, Raider Mark. Your dad is awesome. Listen, man, Raider Jaime saw the game we all saw. Good progress. Discipline. Things were happening. There was no buffoonery, no fumbles, no fiddle farting around. I mean, this looked like a team who was focused, man. This is a focused team that has an obvious, to me, even though it's just the first game, like Jaime said, uh, it's it's the first game, but it shows so much promise. Thanks for the call, brother, by the way. You know, <laughs> I've been bummed, but I'm back. These are our Raiders. I think this is the team that's going to take us over the hump, man. I do honestly think we have turned the worm. We shall see. We got three more games to see what we got, but I'm telling you, it looks good. And I am jacked up and happy about it. Let's go, man. The 2015 Raiders season is underway, and we are on it. I am Raider Greg, and I am out. <laughs>